that's when things kind of hit the boiling point. Super frustrated, super upset, as as you can probably imagine at this point. And so, yeah, that, that was my last day. I, I grabbed a few of my things that I knew I needed to, to take with me because I had a strong feeling I wasn't going back. And I said bye to a couple people. Very upset. I'm going to be honest, I was bawling. I, I probably wasn't bawling straight up while I was walking out, but there's definitely tears and frustration and stuff as I was leaving the office. Once I got to my car, broke down, thinking about how the heck am I gonna explain this to my wife that yeah, two months of income I was planning on and trying to do the right thing isn't gonna, <laughs> didn't really work out as planned. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended you consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Hello, thank you for joining Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Today, I'm excited. I'm gonna be talking to you about kind of my personal experience and a couple of things to think about if you were thinking about quitting to start a business of your own. Uh, This could still be applied to other situations as well, like quitting to, to take time off, quitting to explore different opportunities, different career paths. But more specifically, you'll get probably every one of these bullet points will be more specific to quitting to start a business. This is actually a three-year anniversary of when I decided to quit my job. So I quit, right? It wasn't quite the words I used when I decided to leave the dream position, the place I was working, the opportunity I had right when I finished my college program for financial planning was pretty, I would say pretty much dream job for any new financial planner looking to to break in and, and work for a great company and, and learn. Obviously things, things got very unique. So uh, I'm no longer there for a multitude of reasons. It's not just because of how uh, I envisioned my future looking for level up financial planning, creating level up financial planning. There's definitely some very unique things that occurred while I was there. So I'm sure most of you who know me personally already know a couple of these stories that <laughs> were pretty interesting and some of those goofy details. But yeah, the less dramatic details are that I gave two months notice. I thought about it. I asked my wife, I was like, hey, I would feel more comfortable if if I told my boss and let them know so they could start preparing. She's like, uh, if you want to, and she tends to be a little bit better on judge of character and things like that than maybe I am. I, I tend to be forever optimist and think about the best in people. So I let them know I was going to be starting my own com- company. And at first, super supportive, like, oh, this is great. We definitely saw you kind of going in this direction as being a possibility. Please don't tell anyone on the team yet because I, I want to figure out how to do this and then what happened was the owner it's a small company it was the owner was the main advisor i was the uh, advisor that supported him and for most of the time i worked there which was about three years i basically handled a, a majority of the the financial planning and uh, most of the client interactions uh, because of some of the things that he was dealing with but yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to wait to tell people. I'm going to do do what he asks, and things are going to work out, right? Two months, uh, I'll, I'll be able to start my company, and then things will be be totally different, but awesome. A couple days later, still hadn't told the team, still didn't want me to tell the team, was avoiding some of the, the topics that we had discussed in order to talk about kind of transitioning out. And 
when I did finally pin him down, like, hey, really want to talk to you. During this time, he was talking with a bunch of different financial coaches, a bunch of business partners, all all these different people getting guidance and counsel. And what it came down to is when I pinned him down, uh, he said, yeah, you're not going to receive the, the same pay you've been receiving over the next two months. And so that that was something that probably makes sense now. But I think at the time, I, I wasn't expecting that to be the case. I thought since I was doing a stand-up thing and let him know in advance that things would be just as if I didn't tell them. And two months later, uh, I told him, uh, you know what, this is actually my last day because I, I started a new company. But that's not how it was playing out definitely not going to receive my full pay, even if I wasn't to stick around two months at that point. And then some of the details as far as things that were promised when I first started working there, they make you sign these things called a non-solicit agreement or non-compete. So a lot more of you are probably familiar with the non-compete. It was kind of both. They kind of combined those things into one. And what that meant was if I was going to work with any clients that I was working with currently, I would have to pay, kind of had it in the agreement, I'd pay six times whatever the revenue was that that client was generating. So I was like, oh, okay. But when I first signed that three years prior, first starting to get into the industry, he said, you know what, these things are really <laughs> aggressive amounts that you'd have to pay. We would talk through this if you ever decided that you were gonna leave. So I just kind of took him at his word three years ago, fast forward, that's not how things are going. And it's like, nope, nope, this, I kind of like what the document says. It was what he was thinking. So six times whatever clients uh, that you want to speak with and it's to speak with them. It's not if they actually come and work with you. So that was kind of the, the next thing after the, the lower income, I then kind of throwing this on the fire. It's like, Oh yeah, go, go take out a mortgage or a business loan. And then you can talk to these people, but if they don't become clients, well, you're not getting the money back that you pay me. So that's when things kind of hit the boiling point, super frustrated, super upset as, as you can probably imagine at this point. And so, yeah, that, that was my last day. I, I grabbed a few of my things that I knew I needed to, to take with me because I had a strong feeling I wasn't going back and I said bye to a couple people. Very upset. I'm going to be honest. I was bawling. I, I probably wasn't bawling straight up while I was walking out, but there's definitely tears and frustration and stuff as I was leaving the office. Once I got to my car, broke down thinking about how the heck am I going to explain this to my wife that yeah, two months of income I was planning on and trying to do the right thing isn't going <laughs> to, didn't really work out as planned. And so I got home, balled some more there for a little bit, but yeah, obviously Brittany has been awesome and supportive uh, throughout this whole thing. And she's like, yeah, I've kind of thought you shouldn't give them that much notice, but either way, we're, we are where we're at. I've been loving it. I'm almost on three years of starting level up financial planning. Obviously, there's that two-month gap and delay because of the compliance stuff. But with that, I just wanted to give you that backstory. So crazy story aside, it's been about three years since my less glorious Jerry Maguire walkout that happened. But I want to talk through a few of the things I did prior to preparing to quit and what I wish I would have done differently. So I think now with that story out of the way, you kind of understand where I'm coming from. But I didn't just decide to quit. Obviously, there's planning. I was planning to have two additional months, which I didn't have. So that added an additional wrinkle that I'll kind of mention and reference as far as things I wish I would have done differently, but it may not be what you think. So before, before I decided to quit, there was a couple of things. I knew I wasn't happy with some of the things going on. And so I was applying to other places. It's, it's tricky to find real financial planning and companies that appreciate that type of thing, especially in Colorado In Colorado, things are very, north and south. There's not really uh, big cities to the east and west. So it's like Fort Collins, Denver, 
Boulder. Those are really the closest things. Obviously, I live in Fort Collins, but those other ones are like an hour away, hours distance. It's like, okay, well, let's see what opportunities I could find. I was looking internationally and talking with my wife, like, hey, if, if a good opportunity came up and it made sense, what states would you be willing to go to? Had a couple of different talks across the board, all over the place. There was one that was very, very awesome. They actually ended up creating a position for me. So they, they made an offer and I turned it down. It was really worried. And that's something that you're going to run into too, is some of the things that I was thinking. It may have been in the back of my head, I think it's because I felt like if I did work for that company, it was going to be too cush. I, I wasn't going to be able to to walk away and actually ever start level up financial plan is something that was kind of had its wheels turning and things that were really important to me for this position specifically. Again, I was going to have the same type of limits I had at my previous employer. You can only work with people if they have like 750000 or more. You're going to be mainly supporting other advisors too. So I, I wasn't going to have direct client access for a lot of things. I was going to be more of a support role. Uh, then I could bring on clients as I wanted or some advisors could start to hand those things off to me. And even though initially I didn't know as in I like the, the direct client to client interaction, I really fell in love with it ever since I started. And that was something I wasn't really ready to give up. That dollar limit was something that was on my mind. And it also meant that a couple of the clients that I did hope were going to work with me, um, I wasn't going to be able to work with them. So I was like, ah, I just brought on clients that were friends and family. And I wasn't about to be like, hey, I know we just came on here, but I'm going to this company and they don't really allow me to work with you. Another one was leaving my team, feeling bad that I was going to leave my team in a lurch. Those things, you're going to be thinking these same things too. And they're they're kind of just excuses. If you're not aware by now, most of the times with employment, like employment is what it is, right? It's employment. It, hopefully it's not, the focal point of your life unless it is like your business or or something that you're super super passionate about but a lot of times what happens is you'll find out like employers brush brush things off you'll they'll have a new replacement for you pretty quickly and co-workers it's a little bit different you might always kind of have relationships with them they probably are going to be leaving i think by the time less than a year after I left, I think almost everyone has left the company. It was a small company, but about a hundred percent turnover, which is ridiculous, right? For a company that kind of highlights some of the things that I saw as being issues were issues for other people as well. But yeah, those things, if, if I would have stuck around and then all of a sudden these people would have left and I stuck around for one of my reasons for them, it's just not a really a good excuse to stick around because other people are going to have different opportunities. Other people I knew were looking to jump ship too. And so, yeah, you don't necessarily want to make that a huge priority of why you stick around. If those relationships are important enough to you and um, they're, you're going to make it work, you're still going to be stay connected. It's easier now than ever to, to stay connected, even if you're not able to see each other on a daily basis. So those, those were the things that were kind of going through my head. Other things I was doing while I was working, I was like, all right, if, if, if things get really bad, I might have to take a position that's less than income than what I'm making. We were just had our son during that time period too. So that, that was crazy. By the time I quit, he was about six months old. And that's, that was a very interesting thing <laughs> to, to navigate as well. Some of the things that we did, because we knew we had a son, because we knew that I might end up looking for a job and might be willing to accept a lower pay, I might be starting a business starting with zero pay. We started reducing our expenses pretty pretty much before we had our son, so we knew we were pregnant. My wife wasn't going to be working during that time period, and uh, we thought that was kind of going to be indefinite. But obviously, life changed; things changed on us, and so we've 
we've staggered our kind of work in our schedules and things pretty dramatically over the last three years, which has been interesting and fun uh, for me. I think <laughs> I think it wasn't as fun for uh, Brittany initially, but now we're we're both in really awesome spots as a result of kind of strategically layering when when we're making income, the hours we're working, and, and different things like that. So we reduced our spending. So that's super important. You want to know how much you're spending for one. Maybe maybe you're spending fine. You're, it's not something that requires a, a big reduction. But we knew if there was going to need to be a big change, we we're going to have to reduce expenses. So uh, something that I was, I would say, addicted to, Starbucks, I cut that out before my son was born and, and did a pretty good job out of doing that. I stopped eating out. There, there was a lot of things. Interestingly, it was kind of like a highlight to my employer because they could see what I was doing. But I stopped making contributions into my retirement account. And the reason for that is because the the contributions I was making, if, if I end up taking those out, there's going to be a, a penalty on those funds anyways, and being taxed. So what I did is I just started building up my savings. And, and I kind of wanted to show them too, like I, I wasn't happy with what was going on. And there was a few things that I felt like could have been done to resolve things. And they were always promised, but never actually acted upon. So there was a lot of things I was doing. I was saving. I started redirecting instead of putting a bunch of money into my retirement accounts, started putting it into our emergency savings account, building that up. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of what the trajectory was looking like. I was interviewing, trying to figure out what that next thing was going to be. And yeah, once once I turned down that awesome opportunity that I mentioned, I think it was like a week or two later, I was like, I like... I don't think that was a bad idea to do that, even though it was my wife thought so at the moment, and maybe she still does today, I should ask her. <laughs> I, I do plan to have her come on, and I'm going to ask her a few different questions that maybe she might not be aware of, and, and see where that goes from there for you guys. But yeah, so I turned that down, felt good that that wasn't going to be the, the best thing for me, but then quickly realized like, yeah things only got worse over that two weeks. My, my employer didn't know I was really applying or had these opportunities. Turn that down. Two weeks later, things just got really weird at work. Things sped up, the, the uniqueness and all the stuff going on there. And I was like, you know what? I, I think this is definitely time. And I don't know, I don't know if, if I should even wait kind of any longer. I felt like between our resources, which was savings accounts, retirement accounts, those types of things where our spending was at. Basically what I had to do and what I suggest anyone do is find out what that burn rate is going to be. So I knew my income was going to drop to zero certain new business. So between my resources and how much we needed each month to just kind of live a normal life, I definitely weren't doing anything extravagant. We weren't eating out ever. No Starbucks. There was a lot of things we were not doing during those kind of early, early months until we kind of got a, a better picture and idea of what things were looking like. But what you do is you you look at your resources, whatever that balance is, you add them all up, divide it by how much you spend every month. And that's your that's your burn rate is how much you spend. And then that outcome, so the assets divided by your burn rate, which is your monthly spending, that gives you your runway. And so I believe with some of the, the conservative numbers I was using for my business, obviously I was hoping not to earn $0.00 for month two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Eventually I was hoping that my business was going to cover its own expenses, start providing income for my family, but it wasn't going to be a fast thing. So I used conservative numbers and I think I projected it at about three years, which is where we're at today. And interestingly enough, things 
didn't turn out exactly as I planned number wise, but we're exactly where we were going to be. So things sped up a little bit faster at some spots, went slower at some spots, then it, it definitely wasn't very uh, direct. It wasn't like, oh, new month, new client or anything like that. It was like five months, no clients initially, then all of a sudden four or five clients all, all in one month. So it's not linear, but what you want to do, the benefits of these projections is to just be reasonable with yourself and create reasonable expectations. It's easier if you're single. It's way harder if you have a family, if you have a spouse, if you have children, because I can tell you from experience that there is a lot a lot of emotional stuff going on, not, not, not only for me, but I know my wife navigating these things and, and still having it in her to support me during tough days and, and things like that was pretty phenomenal. Looking at those things, that's important. Find out what that runway is going to look like for you with the amount of income that you plan on dropping in over time and slowly growing. You don't want to plan on zero income, but you don't want to plan on having $100,000 of income in the first year if that's not really feasible for the, the business that you're trying to launch. So just be realistic. That will help because usually why businesses fail, it's because they don't have a long enough runway and it's their personal finances that kind of kill it. It's not the business expenses, my business expenses, because it's a service business. I overcame that in like two months, I think. And then after that, my business has been profitable, but I still have to pay myself and and also support my family. And so that's where the bulk of the expenses, that's where like, hey, if I don't get to this point in a certain amount of time, I'm really gonna have to think about getting getting a real job and working for someone else again. After a few months or probably about a year and a half, two years, I knew that that wasn't gonna be really necessary at that point. One thing that was awesome is even though my wife was stay at home initially, she transitioned back to work. So that was part of our equation too. She went back to work part-time. We got health insurance, which was a huge part of why she went back, but she was finishing school too. And now she's been working in her career, uh, which is HR. And that's between all those different movements of money and things like that, like this year, going into our third year, we were definitely finally starting to put back into savings, even after having a child and, and having Eleanor and all those medical expenses. Just a quick side note, the, the expenses was like $80,000 if we didn't have insurance, which is just a ridiculous number to think about. We still have super high deductibles. We'll probably pay about 6000 out of pocket total. Medical costs are ridiculous. That was a huge factor. Like where are going to get your health insurance from? But she went back for that. And then she's also been earning income. Definitely if it wasn't for her, this this would have never taken off without her support and, and the work that she's willing to put in and, and change her lifestyle too, right? Because that's the tricky part. We, we cut things down early on. We're slowly getting back to maybe what life looked like before we quit or before I quit and did that. So that's important. I think those are all the main points highlighted how unique it is starting a business with a newborn. I did do side hustle. So that was another thing. So Losing out on the two months of income that I thought definitely was a big hit to what I was expecting our resources to be because we were saving pretty heavily at that point. We didn't have that savings and we started going into that burn rate really quick, two months sooner than expected. And so I was looking at different ideas and just quick note on side hustles. There's plenty out there. You can do a lot of stuff. Think about your time and also the the value and, and how you want to structure your life and, and how you want those things to look like. I definitely considered working at like the grocery store overnight doing stuff like that. So it didn't impact my family's daytime schedule. I was looking at doing like Uber. I was looking at all these things. But when you look at that stuff, at least from the income I was generating, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, like if you look at your income and you're thinking about going and doing stuff like this, you're 
time per hour is pretty, pretty small, especially for Uber. Once you factor in like the vehicle expenses and stuff like that, it's like $10, $12 an hour. And that's probably not the best use of your time when you probably have skills and resources and things you could do. Otherwise I did have a lot of skills. I work with financial planning, which is a very specific niche. And so I actually ended up doing some financial planning work for other advisors that didn't have capacity or their older advisors don't, they never did financial planning before. Maybe they're investment management only. So I was creating financial plans and supporting uh, that. Uh, there's definitely some more grunt work too, uh, as far as processing paperwork and handling errors and, and transfers and things like that, that yeah, it's, it paid two to three times as much as what, what Uber was going to pay or any of those kind of just minimum wage random things I was going to try to pick up part-time. So that's something I want you to think about. If, if you're going to do something like this, think about your skills and resources and then reach out. That was one thing that I did. I reached out to a virtual assistant company that focused on financial planners. They didn't have a position open, but I was just like, hey, this is what my situation is. I'll probably be working here for a year and a half, two years until I get my business up and running. If if you're open to it, I, I'd like to have a conversation. And they said, hey, we, we actually were about to post a position. It's kind of crazy that you reached out even though we didn't post it. But I just want to share that quick anecdote with you because I think that that's important to you to realize that sometimes things don't have to be easy to see or easily available. If you do the work, if you reach out, you're going to create opportunities. And, and I did that. That definitely helped reduce a lot of the financial stress over these years as we've been building up. And now, now my wife's working full-time in, in her career. So again, these are things that are not necessarily as big of a concern, but I don't think we would have gotten here if I wasn't evaluating this stuff, if we didn't keep control of what our burn rate was, if we didn't know what our burn rate was, uh, there would have been a lot more stress than there already was, which certain business is stressful. So you want to reduce stress. You want to plan to have as much confidence as possible through, throughout these things because of your plan. And so that's important. I was able to kind of plug in these side hustles and bring in a few hundred dollars every month, which, which helps, right? When you're burning through money, if you're able to save a few hundred dollars, uh, one thing I would say is it's not the most optimal uh, because if you're not spending time working on your business because you're doing these things, uh, obviously I get paid a little bit more for my business once once I have clients and things are going well. So you have to to weigh that and have that as a consideration. Could I have grown faster without the side hustle? Possibly, but I, I did like the comfort in the plan and everything was kind of going according to this plan. So I never really felt like I had to to drop that, to try to grow my business faster. I was just letting things happen as they were going according to plan and trying to be as least amount of disrupted to my family at that point as possible. Cause as you can imagine that things, things change pretty dramatically when all of a sudden dad's home 24 <laughs> seven and trying to start a business from scratch. So just life, life changes dramatically. So the two, the three biggest things I would say that I wish I would have done before I actually started my business and just been aware of. So I should have been creating content. That's one focal point of my business now on the marketing side is I created a lot of content. I would have been a lot better at it by now. If I would have started two to three months earlier, I, I just would have had stuff done. There was a lot of things that I probably wasn't as effective. I was super stressed out over that two month period. Like, oh man, super, super bitter about how things went. I spent a lot of time focusing on things that probably didn't change anything or improve anything. So I should have just been creating content, getting better, leveling up there myself personally. And that's something I kind of kicked myself to this day about. I should have focused on my niche early on. I knew my niche was always going to be in tech because that's who I've been serving the prior six years before I ever started a level up financial planning. 
And I, I just was too resistant to it. Once I accepted it, leaned into it, that's where I've seen a lot of my growth. And, and yeah, my business wouldn't be here today probably if I didn't focus on that niche. It did take me probably about a full year before I, I fully dug into it. Obviously, I have a tech a podcast now that's kind of that hybrid interviewing tech professionals and now these financial topics that you're listening to. But yeah, it's it's more fun and you get to get a little bit more directed. It doesn't mean I don't have clients that are not tech related, but it means that for the tech ones, they know specifically I'm able to handle their business and and do those things. Then I'm a little bit more selective on people who are, don't fit the niche, whether or not I'm going to enjoy working with them and, and things like that. And then I think the the other thing too, so this one is where I really shot myself in the foot by telling my boss two months early, maybe I, I don't necessarily regret that because I'm glad that I just was relieved of, of that situation. Didn't have to deal with a toxic kind of workplace that that was growing to become. But one thing that was happening in the background is I was trying to get all my financial pieces in order. We had a lot of equity in our home. So I was trying to get a home equity line of credit. We we're about a week or two from closing on that. And so if I would have waited just a little bit longer, I would have had a little bit more resources, a little bit more runway. Uh, maybe we wouldn't have had a contract or lifestyle so much, my family personally, or uh, maybe I could have invested a little bit more into to marketing or, or things like that for my business. But yeah, I kind of shot myself in the foot. I, I jumped the gun and because I ended up quitting before all the final documents and everything were signed. That's one of the the requirements, right? It says your your employment hasn't changed. Your, you're signing, signing to say that if, if it did and you're not disclosing that, then that's fraud. And it's like, ah, I don't really feel comfortable with committing fraud. I think things are going to work with the numbers I have, but I still wish I wouldn't have maybe gave two months. Maybe I should have gave one month notice or waited until I got that in place and then just started that two month clock from once I had that home equity line of credit resource available because again additional runway would have made me feel a little bit better about that whole process uh, but instead it just created more stress for me like ah, i can't believe i did this a lot of regrets and, and things like that so yeah hopefully that's helpful definitely reach out if you have any questions any comments any future topics you want me to dive into if you want me to dive into any of these more specifically definitely willing to do that i know this is a little bit longer episode but it is a personal one one that uh, i think matters to me and i hope that it it has an impact for you as well.